Live from the Business Radio X studio in Atlanta, it's time for Dental Business Radio. Brought to you by Practice Quotient. Practice Quotient bridges the gap between the provider and payer communities. Now here's your host, Patrick O'Rourke. Hi there, friends of the dental business community. This is your host, Patrick O'Rourke. Thank you very much for joining us on a sunny Friday. Uh, We've got a terrific show for you. Before we start, I need to thank our sponsors, the fine folks at Practice Quotient, professional PPO analysis and negotiation. If you are a top-tier provider and you feel like you're not getting top-tier compensation from your business partners, that's right, I did say business partners, i.e. the insurance companies, um, then you should consult the professionals at Practice Quotient. That's www.practicequotient.com or contact their offices at 470-592-1680. So thank you very much to our sponsor. Thank you very much to John Ray, Business Radio X. And now we're going to get into it. I'm super thrilled to have some VIP guests in here today that came all the way from the other side of the state. We have Annette and Zach coming in. And so Annette Range is the president of the current president of the Georgia Dental Association, as well as being a business owner and a dentist out of Augusta, Georgia. And Zach Powell, he is uh, the president elect. So he's going to have to fill Annette's you know, shoes. And so she's making sure to do a really good job to make Zach sweat is what the impression that I get. Um, and so we're going to be talking to each of them about their businesses and their, you know, their dental practices and, you know, their kind of entrepreneurial path. And then we're going to be talking about organized dentistry. So that's going to be our agenda today. Will that fit you guys? Thank you guys both very much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Annette, ladies first. And I told John Ray to play Hail to the Chief. He's a slacker. He did not make that happen. Um, And, you know, but you got to forgive him. So anyway, how are you, Annette? I'm great. Thank you very much. Thank you for the opportunity to be here today. It is absolutely my pleasure. So you came all the way from Augusta. So let's talk a little bit about your practice first. All right. How long's your practice been there? Thirty years. Thirty years. Yes. And so, and you're a general dentist. General dentist, yes. All right. And so, tell me a little bit about the practice. So, um, what uh, if we talked to about you know tech to ten of your patients, and we said, why are you come? Why do you go to this dental practice? What what do you think would be the common denominator? The common denominator is that uh, we are all a family. We uh, look out for each other. I talk to them about you know their kids, uh, their the parents. Uh, so we get real personal, and I think that personal touch adds a lot to, of value to the practice, and they feel at home and comfortable. I treat them like I would treat myself and my other family members. That's awesome. I think that's really important. You know, there's, you know, I've heard the argument that some people don't care who their dentist is. I don't completely buy it because I'm not one of those people, you know. But let's just say for the sake of conversation that maybe half the population don't care who puts fingers in their mouths. All right, Maybe. But the other half, they care a lot. Yes, it's true. Right? It's true. So you've been there for 30 years. You have a successful practice. Um, Is there anything that you do at your practice that you feel like uh, from a technology or training perspective that you focus on that you feel like either leads to a better healthcare outcome or, or differentiates your practice from any of the other providers in Augusta? I think that we all have a, a solid basic training, and uh, we are more than capable of treating all aspects of uh, dentistry. Uh, and also, we also know when to refer. 
So when a patient comes in, I just um, do an initial exam on and look at everything that's out there and try to give them the best outcomes for their overall health because the, uh, the mouth is a gateway to your overall health. So if you don't have a healthy mouth, then uh, you could have some other systemic diseases that are present. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so have as we are coming out of, I call it the COVID tunnel, you know, there's been some, uh, what I've experienced, which is anecdotal, just across my clients, uh, they tend to be really busy, you know? So how, how, as we're coming out of this and people are feeling more comfortable and they're getting vaccinated, um, you know, how's business? Business has been, been pretty good. I mean, I, I have um, evaluated where we were before COVID and post COVID uh, or coming out of COVID so initially, before the pandemic, actually, I had kind of rearranged my schedule, mm-hmm. and I was treating patients more on a one-on-one basis and spending more time with them. So that allowed me to to adapt and change pretty readily whenever this happened. Uh, my patients appreciated because I uh, was taking the time and not having the, the waiting area full of folks. I would have people on the schedule, and I would design my day based on that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that I'm almost at the same level as I was before COVID was. I feel more relaxed. I'm taking more time off and I feel great. Amen. All right. That's awesome. You know, with more relaxed, that's one thing I do like is that I'm not sitting in a crowded waiting room anymore and everything does seem to be running on time um, more. Uh, And that's really important to, you know, business owners, executives, you know, folks like me who I try to keep on a schedule, my staff would say. You know, he tries not so hard. Uh, I really do. I feel like I try hard. I just, you know, I tend to get caught up when I'm doing whatever I'm doing. Um, so that's terrific. So the general dentist practice over there, and you would say that, you know, all of the colleagues that are members of the Georgia Dental Association in the area are are, are fairly good dentists, right? Yes. And if they're not members of the Georgia Dental Association, we're... They're still good dentists. No. Yes. <laughs> I'm raising an eyebrow. That's what I'm doing. Um, but, uh, you know, that's very kind of you, Annette. And so now you're the president of the GDA. Um, and we're going to be talking about the GDA in general in a little bit. As somebody, I've sat on boards before. I've been the president-elect of board, but I'm from the insurance industry, but boards are boards, really. Uh, it's like having a second job. Yes. It is, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, you guys are not in your head vigorously. Uh-huh. Um, and so what um, what led you into um, serving the professional community? Well, I've always been involved since I graduated. I realized that uh, the things that happen in our practice are determined by a lot of by the legislators. So I want to become involved in what actually happens in our practice and how it affects our patients. So I started early on and I went through the chairs within our district and uh, just wanted to, to do more to make the, the GDA and, and the organization stronger. I knew that the more unified we are, the stronger we are. We've all heard the terms uh, stronger together. We're all in this together. So I feel like that um, if we're a united front, that we can get more accomplished whether it's via uh, legislative advocacy or through insurance industries, you know, bridging that gap. That's one of my main goals for my presidency. And my my theme is bridging the gap, uh, common ground. So we've been working very, very hard and very, very proud of our board because once this pandemic began, we were uh, right there, uh, head and shoulder, talking it out, uh, trying to get uh, some kind of navigation. How do we move from here 
going forward with this uh, COVID-19. And we were able to get the, the offices open a lot quicker than other states. So we were we acted quickly, swiftly, and we were able to get a lot of our initiatives accomplished. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hats off to you. It's, it, somebody's experienced and has clients in, uh, I'd say, the majority of the states. Yes. Um, Georgia was definitely uh, w- not just one of the ones to open, and maybe it's because I'm here, so I'm privy to a lot more. There was a lot of communication that came out from the CDC, from Emory, you know, from, you know, from, from the, our elected officials as yes. well as the GDA. And the GDA was a catalyst behind all of that. So bravo, hats off. That's Thank you. leadership in time of crisis, crisis is real leadership. You know, Thank you. anybody can, can steer, steer the ship when it's calm waters. But when, when it's a storming and nobody knows where that storm came from and what we're supposed to do. <laughs> that's a different story. Yes, I agree. Yeah. So gold star. That's good. Um, so we're going to switch real fast and we're going to talk about Zach's background. Um, Zach, how are you, sir? I'm great. All right. Um, you, you know, sometimes folks come in here and they are dressed better than me. Um, and hats off to you. Very stylish. I still have boots on though. So, well, is that part of the style though? Pretty much. Yeah. See, that means you're cool. Oh, I don't. I don't know. Oh. I have these two ladies beside me to remind me that I'm not. Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> that's my wife is good for, too. Yeah, yeah she's good for that. Um, so I think we're still both dressed better than John Ray. <laughs> um, anyways, um, so, Zach, you came all the way from St. Simon's Island. I made the comment earlier. I was like, you know, I'd like to go back with you. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful place. Beautiful area. So you came all the way back to be on the show, and I really appreciate that. I do. So tell us a little bit about your practice i own a small we have a small group of practices on the coast of georgia we serve uh, i practice full-time on st simon's island in a practice called dentistry in redfern mm-hmm. we have a small office in brunswick we have a uh, a partner practice in alma georgia small little uh farm community and blackshire georgia and uh wonderful group uh wonderful team uh, my wife elizabeth helps me in the leadership and We've just been blessed in practice. Mm-hmm. And so you've got four practices going, you know, in partnership practices. Um, well, let's let's start with Redfern, I, I suppose. How long have you been there? I've been there um, 11 years. 11 years. And so as you start, you opened up the doors. Um, are you from Georgia originally? I am. I'm from, right. Georgia. I'm from uh, about 15 miles from right here. I grew up on a horse farm. Right around the corner. Gotcha. Georgia, Georgia native. So as somebody that's originally from Tampa, Florida, when I came up here, it took me a little while to to get accepted. I'm not even sure if oh. I still am. But they're like, you ain't from around here, are you? a welcoming state. Yeah. Great state yeah. to be in. This is where I choose to raise my children. Yes. You know, and that's the, the highest compliment. You know, people are like, well, don't you go to Florida? And I'm like, no. Visit. <laughs> I uh, visited enough yeah. to, to remember why I don't sure. live there. Like. Uh, God bless everybody in Florida. You know, I love you. Um, <laughs> but if you want to find me, you can visit me up here. So, um, so you're down there in St. Simon's Island, you know, and you have Redfern. So you're building that out. Tell me what, what does a partner practice mean? Well, we, we are all together. Uh, I have uh, a couple of associate doctors that work with me, long-term partners, and we, uh, saw a need. We have uh, our practice in Alma, Georgia, is the only practice in Bacon County, which mm-hmm. is hard to believe in 2021. It's very near where Annette grew up, actually. And um, I just I work there on Fridays. 
uh, mm-hmm. uh, periodically, but I work full time in, in Redfern. And the diversity of our practice is amazing. The diversity of our patient population is amazing. And we just love serving the community. Uh, folks from all walks of life. There's a huge need in rural Georgia right mm-hmm. now, a uh, big need. And I just enjoy that practice model. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there's going to be, that's a huge difference in the business model in those two markets. Correct. Right. St. Simon's Island for those that are not familiar is more, I would say affluent beach. Maybe, community. maybe Glen County is still a, um, it's, it's a diverse County. I mean, there is a fluent, mm-hmm. uh, beach population, but, um, just a great community of Got, families. Gotcha. And so there, there's gotcha. And so then you, but then you get away from the beach. And so the farther, and this is true in Florida where I'm from sure. too, the farther you get away from the water, the more, uh, the median income de- declines, right? You know, would that be a fair statement? I don't know. Our farmers, yeah. uh, there's, yeah, see, that's true. The yes. farmers, we, we deal mostly with agriculture and agriculture is still number one in our state. A mm-hmm. lot of people forget that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, so that's a good point. We find that the similarities are the same. We're non-corporate. We're just a group of small family practices and it's just really been a, a blessing to practice in that model. So is it, how does Medicaid fit in? In, in the models in any of those practices down there? Currently, no, they do not. Well, and, and I, just the reason I ask, it's it, we have some other uh, clients on this, a lot of folks here in Georgia. So uh, shout out to like Chris Frazier. Chris Frazier is also the only dentist in his county. Uh, you know, right. I, it, there's Medicaid is a big deal in, in that county. And I, you know, forgive me if I forget the name of the county down there. But um, anyway, and he's a big supporter of the GDA too. So we'll give him a shout out to him on the show and then I'll listen. Um, <laughs> so you can send your Christmas cards and all your donations to Annette and Zach and Carol <laughs> at the Georgia Dental Association. Um, at any rate, um, and you know, his it's Rochelle. And, and so he's- Wilcox like, County. Yes, yes there Wilcox. you go. And so he's like, you know, this is- because of there's so many people on Medicaid, like you have to take Medicaid, otherwise right. you're not really serving the community. Right. And we have a lot of clients that are like that, where it's like, well, taking Medicaid, they don't take Medicaid necessarily because they have to. They, they take Medicaid because that is what's present. That's what the kids in high school have. And that is part of their community service going back. And so um, it's one interesting thing you know, that comes up for me, um, because, you know, I, part of my gig, right. What I do during the day is I have to go convince insurance companies to pay my clients more than they would like to. And I know it sounds crazy, but they're not in a hurry to do that. Um, oh, and so, understandable. yeah, you know, I know you're all shocked. Uh, <laughs> and it, one of the things they they can pull up right away, they, they, they know whether a practice is on Medicaid, right. And they're like, well, they're on Medicaid. And I'm like, you know, and they know what the states pay. It's actually fairly easy to find out. And they're like, well, if they're taking, you know, they're taking $25 for an evaluation. It, it, we're paying 30, what, or, you know, it, they're taking 25, right? The state's paying 25 or 20, whatever it is. I don't know, you know, and we're paying them 30. What's the problem? Obviously they need patients, right? you know? Um, and that is not a totally unfair position, guys. I'm giving you credit sometimes, but not all the time. It's not rule all the time. Um, and so th- they're, they're, the position is that the client needs patience because that's why they're taking that. But that's not always true. 
part of it is because that is the fabric of their community and they feel like they, they are there to serve because they're doctors and they weren't to work on teeth, you know, and in Georgia, we have a most favored nation clause and that states that you can't charge the state of Georgia more than you would charge anyone else. Right. Right. Did you guys know that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And so Medicaid is supposed to be the lowest, but that's because we're all taxpayers. And as a taxpayer of Georgia too, I agree with that. Right. Right. And so, but the t- so we're saving the taxpayers, but um, <clears throat> Mr. Insurance company, Mrs. Insurance companies and all my friends over there, you guys are not the government and you're not poor. So, uh, just bear that in mind when we're having those conversations. So this is my little message for them. Do you guys have anything to add in it? looks like you have something to say. Well, there. I was going to say to that, you know, I do take Medicaid in my practice, but you know, we, we charge every patient the same thing. What happens is that because of reimbursements, a lot of people, they write off the difference. Mm-hmm. So everybody is charged the same. You cannot, like you say, cannot charge one person, one price and one, another person, another. So we charge everybody the same price, but there's a lot of write offs with, uh, with Medicaid as well as some other PPO plans that are out there, uh, some other insurance companies, and that's what we were talking about with fee-for-service. Uh, it's it's a, a big disconnect, and we need to bridge that gap, too, with the insurance companies and let them know that, you know, we're doing the same service no matter what socioeconomic level the patient is. It's the same service, so they sh- we should be reimbursed accordingly. Mm-hmm. And so that was a very good sound that, I hope all of my friends over there were listening. And so it takes a net, what, to rephrase, it takes a net the same amount of time. It costs her materials the same amount, and she's doing the same quality of care no matter what the reimbursement is. And she's taking a big hit on Medicaid and hoping to make up for it on the other commercial plans that are for-profit companies that are using her name and her reputation in order to sell business in Augusta, Georgia. And she would appreciate it if she was um, valued as that, as a business partner and was compensated appropriately. Yes. Was that a, that is, a, a good rephrase? That, that is. Yeah. Thank you. My, no, it's my pleasure. I just find that you have to say these things um, over and over again in different words and sometimes in a deep voice and then with a female voice and then John with his Mickey Mouse voice, you know, and then we eventually they will hear. That's how well, what we're dealing with, too, is the lack of providers. Mm. That's another issue that we're dealing with in South Georgia is that we would love to address that model because there's a huge need, but we have a huge shortage of providers coming into that area not necessarily Georgia dentists, but the distribution of Georgia dentists. How do you understand that? Well, I mean, a, a large proportion of our dental students go to Metro Atlanta area, maybe Savannah area, maybe even Augusta, mm-hmm. uh, a very small portion of our state goes South of Georgia highway 20, which basically dissects the middle of the, of the state. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been looking for associates for a while. Mm-hmm. Even with the beach pretty close, you got Jacksonville's not too far. Yes. And I work with other dentists too, as well as some older dentists that are trying to transition viable, strong practices that have all different practice models. They, they are their Medicaid provider. They're a PPO provider and they cannot find someone to come in and take that practice over. That's the key problem in our area is not that we, these models exist, we can't get the providers to come into that area, whether it's 
the unknown or whether it's um, location or student debt precludes them from looking at those avenues. Mm-hmm. But um, it's a nice communities, wonderful communities to practice in. Yeah. Right. I would rather live. I mean, I'm a city boy, but as I've gotten older, um, I tend to appreciate the quiet a lot more. Um, and, and I've talked to a lot of other kind of finance people, CPAs, et cetera here. And it's interesting that there's a lot more opportunity for a young dentist out state than there is in, in certainly in Metro Atlanta, but everybody wants to go to Alpharetta, right? This is true. Everybody. Yes. How many docs are in Alpharetta? Lots of Two them. zillion and one. <laughs> right. And so why would it not make sense to set up a place where you can have roots in your community and become a part of the fabric of the community, make 20% more or plus? Yeah. Your dollars will go a lot, lot further. Right. And your doll, you have a nicer house for yes. sure. Uh, you'll know the mayor and you can still come into Buckhead and get a, a, a room at the Brits, you know, to treat the, the missus, you know, or the mister, uh, your spouse and the kids, uh, whenever, you know. Um, and so this is something that's puzzled, uh, you know, myself and some other folks that work with docs in this state mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Um, but, you know, you're like, well, you could go down to, you know, Tifton. <laughs> or, or, you know, they're like, I don't want to go. I want to go to, you know, Alpharetta. And Even Georgia has the rural loan repayment program, which is um, if you go to an underserved county in our state, you're reimbursed 25000 per year for your year of service, which is, is you know, we hear all these things about student debt, which, is a, which is a crisis. But there are avenues to address it quickly and to be able to fuel graduates to these communities. So do you feel like that the, maybe the kids don't know? I think it's a, yes, a combination. They distant, the unknown, like you mentioned earlier. Uh, and then, you know, they, they have this huge debt when they're coming out of school and they don't have any solutions on how to get out of that debt. Uh, there's a problem in the accumulation of the debt as well. So I think if there, we were educate them and communicate the, the, uh, the, I guess the, the problems that are there, let them know that these avenues is, exist for them then I think they'll be more willing to accept that and, and come up with possibilities of visiting Alpharetta on the weekend instead of staying in Alpharetta for, for a lifetime. Sure, absolutely. And it's uh, less stress, actually, too. Um, lower net. Right. It, I mean, it's for sure. Um, so that's really interesting. So I think that that's one thing that I'd like to highlight on this show my producer is paying attention because he's always on point um, is the underserved rural Georgia. What's the name of the program? Specific uh, loan repayment tuition, uh, uh, loan repayment program. Okay. The tuition four loan years, repayment four years at $25,000 per year. commitment. Okay. So that way we can highlight it in the show notes. And what will happen is that all of the, our other friends who are listening to this, being all of the other business advisors, I hope you guys in your cars don't stop your car, don't write it down while you're driving, but um, just go to the show notes, guys, and then you can see where the program is because I think that's good stuff. I did not know about that. Yes. So that's awesome. Are there any other programs and initiatives that you guys are doing to help ensure quality access to or access to quality providers? in 
underserved areas? Uh, you know, well, like you said, the loan repayment program, which is huge, which will allow a lot of the, the uh, younger uh, the students to go into those areas and get rid of a lot of their debt, uh, debt-free without even paying a, a penny back. That's a very attractive, and actually there's an opening for for uh, for one person that we received a notice of uh, through email. So if there's anybody that's listening, please uh, contact the GDA office and get more information about that. Um, but there's always education. We, we stay in contact with the school, uh, and they have a program as well. I am adjunct faculty member of the school, so we try to stay in contact with them to, to let the students know what things are out there. Uh, the underserved areas, the underserved populations, they're in every community, not only in rural areas, uh, you know, in Augusta. I practice in a rural side of Augusta. So there are underserved uh, people in that uh, community as well. And what we what we realize is that we have the providers, but like you said, the, the distribution of them. So we need to attract those people to come into those areas, the uh, the outer skirts of Atlanta, outer skirts of Augusta, Savannah, and the list goes on and on. So if we can attract those individuals to come to those areas, we will take care of a lot of the problems of the underserved and be able to treat the patients of Georgia. Mm-hmm. The dental, the dental college also has some outreach clinics, one in Waycross, which is mm-hmm. down near us, one in uh, Vidalia, I believe, and there are a couple, couple other around the state where students get to rotate through some of these communities and see what's out there. Um, the need and the welcoming of professionals to these community is refreshing, and I think it's important for some of these young practitioners to see that where they're not just turn and burn. They're actually a valued addition to that community. And I think sometimes we're missing that. That's what's great about practicing in Georgia. That's what's great, great about being in dentistry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I think that that's awesome. And so when you, they're saying they're welcoming, you know, they're, when they get down there, they're meeting kind of the civic leaders. Exactly. Right. And they become leaders of the community. That's right. Mm-hmm. They're trusted, right. dependable, respected. Right, and, and that that becomes more important as we get older, I think. Well, Annette and I talked about this at lunch. It's not a job. It's a profession, and there needs to be a difference. And you know, that's, that's what we're trying to train these young people, that you know, your job in dentistry is to do dentistry, but it's a profession, and there is more responsibility than just fixing teeth. It's being part of the community, being an entrepreneur, serving the community, circling back to a med- being a Medicaid provider in Alma, Georgia. You know, we have some areas around there that serve that community. We're a 54-year-old practice that's never been open more than four days. For the last 10 years, we've opened it on Friday because most people travel to work. The business doubled in size when we opened it simply on Friday because people that worked, Annette knows this, a lot of mm-hmm. men and women in our community work Monday through Thursday or Georgia Power, Oglethorpe Power, different power companies. And we opened on Fridays. The business went up 75% just being open on Fridays. So that's access to care. Mm-hmm. There are little things that we could do in many, many communities all over. And Annette, is, with her leadership as our president, is creating this uh, vision for our state because we're blessed to be in Georgia. I concur. I, I completely concur. Um, do you think that there is other providers that may be open – three and a half days a week or four days a week that if they just opened up that they would be able to absorb some of the pent up capacity. Yes. Yes, I do. Okay. So for all of those guys that are listening, (laughs) 
But they need and, providers. And, and, and gals, right, need associates. So yeah. I, I can't solve that or problem. Or partners, people that want to buy in. It's not yeah. just people. We're not just looking for people to come work. We're looking for people to, to be partner. an owner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. John Ray, put those rusty pliers away. <laughs> he wants to be a dentist so bad. Yeah, we, we have to have an exit strategy too because as we get older, we want to have some a, a succession plan. Mm-hmm. So we need someone to come and you know step forward and say, "Hey, I want to be a part of this. I want to you know continue your legacy what you've created here." And uh, I think uh, if we establish those terms with a lot of the younger dentists, you know, going forward, even COVID made a lot of changes in people that had been in practice for a while and they're not looking to practice like they were before. They're only practicing maybe three days a week or something like that. So they need someone to come in and step in and take up the slack of those other days. Mm-hmm. It's one of the, uh, the there's in my, again, this, you know, anecdotal, I don't have empirical evidence. And I think that you, even when there is, you know, if there's seven people doing one thing, there's three people that aren't right. Um, there, there is a, a, certainly a lot of providers um, that, you know, decided, well, hey, look, you know, my health is at risk. My my family's health is then at risk. My staff's at risk. Um, the volume has to be different. And so they've had to adapt, you know, f- for sure. There's no doubt about it. I think that patients um, also mindset has changed quite a bit. So I've seen some studies that state that, you know, maybe you know, there's people that are never going to dentist, there's a vaccination, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think my anecdote is that our practices or our clients, when they open their doors back up, like they're full, like they're, they're too busy right now. And it, my theory is that it's because they're perceived as safe, you know, so they're more of a safe practice. And so I think that there's the people that are, you know, they want to continue with the care um, or they want to find somewhere they're, they're, they're certainly not going to be taking any chances. And so they want to go to well-established, respected professionals. Um, this is my theory. I don't have anything else other than my, you know, conversations in it, you know, to back them up. Um, have you guys heard anything from your patients on tentativeness to come back? Or have you gotten new patients because they've perceived your practice as more respected or safer? Yeah, you have to realize that we we have been doing a lot of the precautions, the barriers way before COVID came around. We've uh, tackled uh, hepatitis, HIV viruses all along. So we had all those barriers up already. We just added another layer for this uh, COVID virus. Uh, a lot of the patients that I've had, uh, they've actually called and asked, was, was I okay? You know, so uh, we have a, a good, a good uh, foundation of people that, that really care about us. We care about them. Uh, like you say, they're ready to come back in. Uh, sometimes they'll ask, are you open yet? And like, well, yeah, we're open. Uh, we've changed uh, ours and uh, the way that we're doing things, but we're open and we're here for you. And when, once you, you know, you tell them that they're ready to come back in, we talk, they t- to share the stories about what's going on. We talk about the vaccine, you know, how it's affected the community, all the other viruses that are going on within the community as well. So uh, it's, it's a good relationship. And that's uh, what we have established, I think, as practitioners, is that uh, we really care about our people. We, t- we talk to them. We ask them, what's, what's the problem? What's going on? And a lot of times they start sharing other things that are going on in their lives. So we become counselors and all this other stuff as well, uh, not putting anything with the, uh, putting down any counselors or anything like that, but we just listen to a lot of their problems that may be ongoing and which affects their overall health as well. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like I could tell you some of my problems. <laughs> well, I think we're coming up on May 4th, which is really a, across the state. That was one of the first start dates for a lot of practices to go back. And to go back to what you said about the perception of dental practices being safe mm-hmm. kind of goes on, on top of what Annette said, but it's a profession that's built on trust. And I really believe that is why most people returned to their dental practice first before they return to a lot of other um, appointments. And again, it's about being a profession versus a job. And we, as GDA leaders, as practitioners in this great state, we take that very seriously. During the COVID break, I mean, Annette will tell you, it was like a full-time job of, and the GDA with Carol sitting here, the communication skills of the GDA, I really believe took Georgia dentists to a different level as far as their presence in the Southeast. Because when, when, most practices were returning May 4th. The communication helped our practitioners in our state deal with the demand. And, the, and everybody's been busy since then, which is a blessing, but also a huge responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Good job, Carol. Um, shout out. She's here. She doesn't have a microphone. She's stuck like John Ray. Can't say anything. <laughs> so we won't pick on you like I pick on John Ray, though. Um, but yeah. I mean, kudos for sure. Like we were talking about earlier, like steering that, that ship, you know, and I can tell you that there's a difference between states and who got smashed. Um, It's hard to make money if your doors are closed, you know, um, for sure. So now that we've kind of gotten through this and you guys have you know, proved your mettle as leaders and the GDA has once again come through as, you know, kind of the, the bulwark of, you know, an organization where their membership can count on when, when the going gets tough. Right. Um, now you're coming out of it. I'm assuming that the Georgia Dental Association convention, annual convention and is happening. Yes. Is that yes. happening? Yes, it is. Okay. July. July. All right. Very good. Amelia Island. All right. So everybody hear that? That will be going on. Um, and I'm not sure who's speaking there yet or not, but uh, I'm sure they're going to be awesome. Oh, uh, yeah. And I've been down there many times. I uh, enjoy it very much. <laughs> uh, and so it's it's going to be in Amelia Island, I believe, at the Ritz this year, right? It is at the Ritz. Okay, cool. Is there any other events that you think that are, that are happening soon that are kind of like get back on, like uh, Mission of Mercy or anything like that? Well, you know, we're working with our foundation uh, department because, you know, COVID hit, so uh, a lot of things had to be halted. But uh, the foundation is really coming along. It's laying its groundwork. Uh, we have some outstanding people that are in charge of that, and they have some outstanding ideas of how we can get the foundation back on board, uh, creating avenues so we can have another event such as the Georgia Mission of Morrissey uh, and some other uh, events that we sponsor throughout the throughout the year with with kids uh, giving back to the community. So uh, the foundation's been awesome, and we are so proud of. Uh, we have Sid Turiel and um, um, Doctor uh, Jernigan. Jernigan, Ben Jernigan, yeah, it's in charge of those. So didn't he just retire? No. Sid Sydney. Sydney. Oh, oh, so gotcha. Ben is still at it. Got it. All right. <laughs> Very, very good. Um, also, you know, before I forget, I'd like to give a shout out to somebody in, 
the GDA office. Rogers Beasley. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rogers Beasley's the man. He always does a good job. He I love him. Man. He's got a ton of energy. Thank um, you. So before, yeah, I just wanted to make sure I, I, I mentioned him on the show because I know you listen to all the shows, Roger. <laughs> but you're going to be listening to this one, won't you? Um, so, it's the, so what are you guys seeing now? What I've been observing is a lot of consolidation. There may have been some folks that were, you know, kind of at the tail end of their career and they're just like, you know what, I'd much rather go to St. Simon's and go to the beach or, you know what, I'm just going to go fishing, you know, and it's just time and they're retiring. And there's been a wave of consolidation. I'm sure I don't have to tell you guys. And so I feel like the environment or the business entity environment um, in the interest of the financial interests of different organizations is probably at a fever pitch, you know, would you guys agree or disagree or have any comments on that kind of statement? Like how's consolidation going and what do you think about the other bigger players that want to get into dentistry, like Walmart, for example, any comments, questions, feedback? Yeah, there are a lot of different models out there for dentistry. Um, you know, one of the things that we're trying to do is because one of the common threads we all have is that we are all dentists. Uh, we have looked into all the different models. We've also invited other uh, groups such as the DSOs, the dental service organizations, into a roundtable discussion. I've actually uh, served on their virtual meeting and was a, a panelist uh, with uh, the president of the American Dental Association and the American Board of Dentistry um, the president of, of that. And so we, t- we talked about the future of dentistry and what it looks like. And um, so those are some of the things that we were looking into. But like I said, at the end of the day, we are all dentists and we like to be under one umbrella because together and united, we have a stronger voice and we'll be able to accomplish a lot more. The legislatures that are uh, the, the pieces of legislature that, that goes through, it affects all of us. It doesn't affect one group or the other it affects all of us. So if we can um, come together and just have uh, address common issues. We will be stronger together and accomplish more, and uh, accomplish more for ourselves, our families, and for our patients. Mm-hmm. And so, what was the consensus of the future of dentistry when you're sitting on the panel with the ADSO and the other academy? Uh, the the concerns were uh, just making sure that we embrace everybody, not uh, isolate anybody, creating silos and all. Because if we disenfranchise ourselves, disenfranchise ourselves and we're weaker and so we should all collaborate together and create a stronger front so that was the main uh, topic that we were all talking about and mm-hmm. uh be more welcoming to to other groups and other organizations mm-hmm. and you said look we got to show some southern hospitality exactly in georgia that's how we do things here. that's how we do it it's always respectful um so with the fee-for-service versus ppo model um i hear you know, I, I don't get on social media a whole lot occasionally. Uh, and I hear a lot of noisemakers about, and there's, I think, some like quasi fee for service only providers. Now, when I'm lecturing, you know, across the country, there's always people are they're like, you don't understand, Pat. You know, everybody's, you have to be on PPOs here. You know, you just don't get it. You just don't understand. I'm like, oh, really? Uh, I've never heard that before. This is my shock face. Um, I didn't hear that in Tampa or Chicago or Denver or Dallas or Atlanta or New York 
are everywhere or, or, you know, small little 20,000 live towns in Tennessee and Kentucky and everywhere else. Right. So I hear it everywhere and I'm like, really? Oh, I don't understand, huh? Who in the room is a fee for service only provider that does not participate with any plans? Inevitably, hands go up and I go, see, they're not unicorns. They actually exist. All right. And I'm not saying one way is right or the other. You know, I just think that um, sometimes folks are too caught up in their own little thing that they're not seeing that there's other other models out there. So I think that there's, you know, if you're, you're fee for service only, listen, God bless you. That's awesome. Rock on with your bad self. Um, you know, <laughs> if you're on every single plan, you're probably working really, really hard. Um, you know, and then there's the in-between, which is you're picking your right business partners that are appropriate for you. And there's not a one-size-fits-all solution. There's really, really not, in my opinion, right? And so and that's what we do. Um, but it, in the corona, because of the shutdown and because people have felt like, all right, for some nutty reason, they were willing to take 50 cents on the dollar before, which I don't think is right, right? Now, and now they're like, meh, no, or at least our clients are. And so... Uh, that's what I'm seeing, but I also hear a lot of, I've just seen a lot of like podcasts or, or dedicated Facebook groups and they're like, just go fee for service only, just rip the bandaid. Are you guys seeing that? And do you have any thoughts on fee for service only versus like being a participating provider? Like what's the thought process? Like in Augusta, I'm imagining that you're probably on PPOs and St. Simon's, I'm guessing that probably not. So it's a mixture. Um, in, in in Augusta, in my practice as well. Um, and a lot of times, like you said, you can negotiate different fees for for different uh, plans out there. I always tr- tell the patients, you know, you have a choice. You really don't, like you were talking about the HMOs, and, and uh, they just feel like that's the way to go. And a lot of times it doesn't address their needs. You know, there are limitations. Uh, we always have that conversation about uh, what does the insurance cover, uh, those type things is is basically I, I just tell them what they need and then uh, let them decide what you know which way they want to go with it and it's also the quality of service you know you want to make sure you get good quality service or you have everybody has choices about uh, what plans they want to sign up for are they good plans uh, in the end uh, and at the end of the day they have to decide for themselves what for what, what fits their community what fits uh, their lifestyle and uh, what fits their practice model. Mm-hmm. Very good answer. To kind of address your consolidation movement, it is here and it's here to stay. It is, I think, what Annette and I were also trying to say about membership as far as being the leader of the GDA. We want to be, we represent all dentists and all practice models, and they're welcome. On our uh, DSO roundtable, it was interesting hearing all their different um, opinions on the practice model. As long as it's patient-centered, that takes care of most of your issues with business. A choice to be in a PPO plan or a choice to be fee-for-service, it's really about what kind of model and autonomy that you want to have as your practice owner. I think, is it regional? Sure, it can be. But it's all about the way you want to run your practice and how you treat people. If you're looking at the, at, at the production or you're looking at the patient, that takes your eye off one of them. And a lot of times, if you can – and I tell – uh, lots of young people this. If you're treating the patient as your own, as, as a family member, it takes care of everything else. Now, in Alpharetta, Georgia, if you're setting up a practice, is your new patient 
fee-for-service patient where they have a choice of where they are going to go as uh, your dentist? Is it going to be a competitive patient to get? Absolutely. But that's a choice. Um, and I, I think that is what will lead uh, dentists to, in our state especially, to look at different practice models because you can practice in Rochelle way differently than you can practice in Alpharetta, Georgia. However, if you still make it about the patient, both are going to do well. But the consolidation movement, as far as DSOs, Annette and I have discussed this a lot. I think they're here to say, are we going to make them adversarial or we're going to bring them in our umbrella? We're bringing them in, on, in their umbrella. As an entrepreneur, I want to, I want to learn from them. This mm-hmm. consolidation movement is happening in every industry, not just dentistry. It's about efficiency, customer service. But in my personal uh, entrepreneurial endeavors, it's going to be patient-centered as long as I own it. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's a really good answer. Um, you know, full disclosure, you know, I, we have relationships with, you know, some, uh, sure. you know, beauty of owning your own business, get to work with whoever I want to. So, um, you know, we, just, just leave it at that, I suppose. <laughs> um, now, and one thing I have encouraged to the larger organizations, I'm like, are you, all of your docs members, you know, of the GDA? And, you know, it's a little easier here because I'm like, if they're not, then they are now. Um, get it? Well, we we we're, we want to be as welcoming as possible. Yes. Right? I think Annette. But I, I think you guys are, though, too. Like, I, I, there, there's, not as, there's not a schism, you know, that there is in some places, you know. And, and I don't know if that was totally true not too long ago, actually, you know, because I remember you know, like the two biggest complaints I would hear is obviously, you know, you know, the insurance company, blah, 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 blah. Um, and because that's what people call me. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other one is, um, you know, they're like, Oh, corporate dentistry. And I'm like, so what? And like, what? They're not a boogeyman. Mm-hmm. You know, right? folks there, they're consolidating because they see some inefficiencies. Maybe they see a model It has nothing to do with you. Right. And so it's like, you go do what you do. You be awesome at what you do and you'll be just fine. Like yeah. I, I certainly wouldn't lose any sleep over it. Well, we see them as colleagues too. And also the average practitioner last 23 months, 26 months in a corporate entity. So they're future partners. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And what, what we found out too is that there are, uh, dentists are at different levels of their lives. So we created a chart for, for dentists that are starting out the middle of the road and also the end of the road because they have different needs at each level. So that was huge, uh, a huge benefit for our members. Uh, and we, you know, thank our members for, for being members during COVID because we, we developed that innovative task force that dealt with issues with COVID. Uh, we were uh, gave free CE over thirty courses to members as well as non-members, non-members. and we were able to increase our our number of members by doing that. Uh, and we encourage everybody during COVID. Yes, yes, our membership sure went up. Yes, that's wild. Yes, yes. Nice job. This is something that that we uh, you know our motto is helping member dentists succeed. So we are doing our best to do that. And all the avenues that we have covered, advocacy, uh, foundation, uh, et cetera. So we're doing as much as we can because we want our members to succeed. If they succeed, they succeed personally, uh, professionally, their families succeed, as well as their patients. Mm-hmm. You guys have a lot of robust programs, too, that I think I see some 
but you guys have the real deal. Like all of the people that you deal with are, are top notch. Shout out to Harris Ginolat. Um, you know, anybody who that's involved with the GDA, you know, has been vetted very thoroughly and has been around, um, and is a member for what I call, you know, the, the good people business. They're good people. Right. And so they're going to do the right thing at the right time all the time. Does that make sense? Um, And I think you guys do a really good job of doing that and searching out different solutions, even for things that I wouldn't have necessarily thought would be in your like orbit, you know, so to speak. Yeah. yeah, You guys do a lot of different things there that I, that is a genuine way or a genuine motive to, to just help the folks and so it's when they're graduating from medical college over there you know i went over there one time and i i, I lectured and i was oh, wow. like yes and i i was they said these are the these kids here are like the entrepreneurial ones and so I'm getting on my whiteboard and i'm like so here's this how this works and everybody's eyes glazed over right <laughs> like i started slipping into portuguese and i'm like all right <laughs> so let's back that up all right so let's keep it simple how about this and i'm like nobody told you any about this stuff you don't know what credentialing is you don't know your, how to set your fees you don't know how to and so i was there i spent hours there and i and I was, and I did my very best, but they're like, just pepper me with questions. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I think that there, there has to be more of that there. It's not the most fun I get insurance, finance, definitely credentialing, which by the way, I don't like either. Our webinars have really, during COVID, we kind of made a collective push between all the leadership, Frank, Scott, Carol, to add that avenue to refresh new practitioners and even practitioners that were getting ready to move into the transition stage. And I think, I believe that is what was such success for our webinar series during COVID. And then this last year is Mm -hmm. that we've really, whether it was regulatory things, insurance industry things, getting back to business, prepared to transition out. And we really tried to up our game as far as business preparation, wherever you are in your career. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the, the one of the biggest uh, issues too was finances because um, you know during COVID we were unable to practice like we normally do, so that income stream was gone. So we had to you know find out ways how to to navigate through all that. So uh, offering financial solutions, you know, courses that would help uh, practitioners as for those three months that they were closed. What did we do, you know, with our our vendors? You know, what did we do with uh, those those bank? Uh, statements that are, are coming through or bank notes that are becoming due, you know, so they needed guidance on that. And uh, also the emergency fund that um, some people should have had, maybe it wasn't there. So just educating on, on issues like that. Everybody should know about balance sheets, financial statements, that type of thing. So uh, we want to be the, the type of uh, organization that prepares our members and keeps them uh, engaged in, in what they need to, to know going forward and helping them to uh to to balance that bottom line and and be successful. We brought in great speakers too, whether it was from Affinity Bank or Stuart Oberman. They mm-hmm. came in and really challenged us to be ready to go back to business, mm-hmm. but be more efficient, be prepared, be smarter. Mm-hmm. It, it's paid off so far. Right. Shout out to Stuart Oberman. He's been on the show before and everybody at Affinity Bank. Hello, Ed. Hello, Tara. Hello, Liz. Hello, Chris. I, I get big dollars for promoting that, Ed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
I I would like a Pellegrino and a free T-shirt, please. <laughs> um, but I, I like it. He showed he showed me and my son how to collect seashells at the shore that one year. Um, awesome guy, good people. They're in the good oh, people yeah. business, so we'll That's give a shout out to them. Week. Yeah, and you know I'm not paid to promote them. I just know them, and they're, <laughs> they're good people. Um, but the last thing that you said, you know, both of you said you hit on something that I think is crucial, and. I'm glad that you guys not only recognize it, you embrace it and that you are promoting it. And it's the blocking and tackling from a financial side of business, because you're not just a dentist. You're not just a clinician. You are a business owner now, right? Here's what, it, you know, I'm like, where's your P and L's? And they're like, what's that mean? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what? Your profit and loss statements, buddy. All right. So, you know, what's your collections? What's your production? Like all of your numbers, if you don't know where you're at here. And so that's one of the one thing that we want to help do on Dental Business Radio is try to, you know, point people in the right direction. And the GDA here is doing it for all of you providers in Georgia. So if you are not a member, then you need to become a member and right now. And how would they do that? Uh, they can contact the GDA office. Uh, we have a website as well. So make sure you make that contact with the GDA office, go on the website, and it's an easy process. Uh, Catherine Torbush is our membership director over there, and she'd be happy to help. Okay, very good. And so if somebody's in Augusta and they need somebody to look at their teeth, Annette, how would they get in touch with you at your dental practice? Uh, well, I'm... I'm Listed everywhere, and then they can also contact the, the GDA office. They have all my numbers. Uh, but uh, in Augusta, they can go to the website. They can um, dial by phone. Um, most of my practice now is word of mouth. You know, initially I, I had a lot of media, and it was back in the day when we had the you know yellow pages, of course. But uh, it was a long time ago. <laughs> but <laughs> I miss the yellow pages. I know, right? I do. But uh, yes, they can uh, contact me. Uh, in that vein, um, do you have a big? Bill, you don't have a billboard with your face on it. You know, I'm working on that. I think that would be cool. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could forego everything else. There you would just be like, <laughs> Annette, recognize, come right here. Um, uh, you know, I've seen some docs do that. Like, I'm, I have I'm, to. I'm. I'm, I I'm not really joking. I think it would be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, which website, Annette? Uh. DRA range, www.dra range. And that's range, R A I N G E. That's correct. Right. com. Zach, if somebody was trying to find you in St. Simons, well, they could look up uh, dentistry and redfern.com um, or they can call our office um, uh, or Alma Family Dentistry, Brunswick Smiles, or Blackshire Family Dentistry. We uh, we're welcoming new smiling faces. I've been told if I was on the billboard, it'd hurt business, and I had a face for radio. So that's what they keep telling me. Yeah, that's what they keep telling yeah. me. Yeah, but uh, no, I mean, we have a great team. Real blessed there. Just amazing team. Gotcha. I was looking at your website, you know, earlier. Like good stuff. Um, like everybody looks happy, and like it's. Whoever came in there and did the photography, I thought. And Annette really made fun of my truck this morning, but if we, if we have new members, <laughs> she and I are coming to get you in the truck. Is that right? Uh, That's right. Yes. 
All right. So you heard that. I saw the truck outside. It's a really nice truck, actually. I like trucks. (laughs) Yeah. And then maybe if you get enough, how many new members before he has to buy you a truck? Mm. Oh, she actually, for the record, she has a nicer car than I do. (laughs) Just for the record. Now you say car, not truck. That's right. That's true. She should have both. I agree. I do. Do you have a garage big enough for that? I do. Yeah. See, my I don't. I uh, <laughs> suburbs Atlanta. Um, well, I don't know about you guys. I had fun. Did you guys have fun? Oh yes. Thank you for Thank having you. us. Thank yeah. you so much. It's absolutely my pleasure. Um, so before we go, I need to give a special thanks to our sponsor, uh, Practice Quotient. PPO analysis and negotiation. If you're a top tier provider and you need top tier compensation, you don't feel that you're being treated fairly by your business partners, the insurance companies, you know, sometimes they just don't know and they just need a little bit of guidance. Um, Contact the fine folks over there at Practice Quotient at www.practicequotient.com. If you would like to uh, get in touch with me, number one, make sure you give yourself some good karma and like this show, right? Hit the little thumbs up. If you don't like it, please email John Ray at jray at Business Radio X. He loves feedback and he talks to people all the time. Um, If you have any interest in speaking engagements um, or anything like that, also get with John. And And outside of that, he's also the unofficial mayor of North Fulton. So thank you very much to John Ray, our producer. And thank you very much to Carol of the GDA. Frank was here earlier, but especially to our guests, Zach and Annette, the uh, president-elect and president, respectively, of the Georgia Dental Association Leaders of Organized Dentistry. Guys, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here. Until next time. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. (laughs) 